Hey guys, disclaimer for the start of this episode. Uh, been pretty sick the last couple of days, so I haven't been able to edit out all the little sniffles and stuff. Uh, so hopefully it's not too bad for you guys, but hope you guys enjoy the content uh, and we'll try to get back to our normal editing stuff as soon as possible. Thanks. You're listening to the Hockey Heaven Podcast. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Hey guys, it's a new year, so we're starting it off here with episode 25 for the Hockey Heaven podcast. I know we've been away a little bit. Ben's been Ben's been sick. He's been on the IR here. Uh, you know, we got crazy busy over the Christmas break. Uh, Zane had a little bit of a. He flew out to see me, so we had a nice little visit there. So, um, yeah, we've been real busy the last couple weeks, uh, so we apologize. But we're going to get back at it, getting back into the grind here. Uh, so you should see – we're going to try to do like a little double whammy kind of episode uh, this week. Probably uh, – it might be one big episode. might be split into two. We're not quite sure how we're going to do it yet. But uh, there will be some extra content for you this week, I promise. So with that said, let's talk about uh, maybe some Christmas stuff that you guys did. Uh, just – what we what, what we've been up to, uh, Ben? Do you want to start? How was your Christmas? What, what were you up to? Yeah, it was good. It was nice to come home, uh, back to Vancouver for a little bit. I guess you know, live in Washington, drive up to Vancouver all the time. Uh, I got to go to three Canucks games, and they won all three as part of their seven game stretch. And this actually stretches back two years now. I've been to seven Canucks games at home uh, in the last two years, and they've won them all. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, been a pretty good streak there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was great to be home and, uh, and enjoy Christmas and now, but I'm ready to be back and I, I missed, uh, talking with the boys and talking hockey. Like, uh, it's a, it's a fun part of life. So glad to get back to it. Yeah. It's a little yeah, underrated. So, you know, it's, we get to just talk about hockey. It's kind of nice, yeah, right? Seriously. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. So um, do the Canucks need to send you to every game now? That, that, that's my pitch here is that they should just pay me like $50,000 a year just to go to every single game we need to tweet it though the, the Budweiser fee yeah, yeah. I am 7% over the last two years that's insane hear me Jim Benning hear me you, you had some pretty wicked seats uh, I saw them on Snapchat that one day you had like a nice little suite looking over we, the game that was, yeah that was that was sweet the, the seats weren't amazing it was uh, way up high in the sky but the oh, suite was, was it? Uh, oh yeah it was like yeah. the, it was the this, alumni suite the, Oh okay, but uh, oh, okay. but it you could see the whole rink. It was cool, but it was way up there. But yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Uh, you just yeah. get like food catered and all that. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was it was pretty nice. cool. Nice. Got to eat uh, eat dinner with like the media guys. So that was pretty cool. What, what are you saying? Was... Alumni in the alumni suite. There were a couple, uh, not like any any big ones, um, but yeah, there were there were a couple. They kind of come in and out. Just a bunch of freeloaders hanging around after playing. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually the one interesting. There was the oldest Canuck left alive. He's like ninety eight or something. He oh, played. Wow. He, he retired in like fifty seven or fifty six, something crazy like that. So that was kind of cool. That's huh. cool. What about you, Zane? What what uh, uh, what were you up to for Christmas? Yeah, I did a kind of Alberta tour. I went to Edmonton, saw my family for Christmas, and then came down to Calgary for New Year's. You know, we had a good time and. I went on the outdoor rink a couple times. This is good, but I'm excited to get back and start recording again. Start, you know, talking about hockey. This has been so much fun with you guys, and uh, I'm excited to keep it going this new year. 
yeah no i had a lot of fun too it was nice uh nice seeing your uh your little silky face. face yeah it was great, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> but no uh, it was nice uh you know dangling you on the on the on the uh odr oh. that was that was also nice too um i, I just want to let I, everybody I... know that we played post one game against these like 13 year old kids and uh, Zane had four breakaways, I think. Was it four, three or four? And he went 0 for 3, 0 for 4. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, it was it wasn't like bad, he went in. I... It wasn't like he went in to shoot either. Like, he went in to, like, softly touch the post, like, guide it in there, and he missed on every single shot. So <laughs> I thought that was... Well, at least sense. I didn't get uh, absolutely destroyed by a 13-year-old and fell down. I toe-picked with goalie skates, okay? <laughs> I don't know what you right. want me to do, okay? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's totally what happened, for sure. <laughs> Like that, that was a two-minute penalty for tripping. I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do there. Um, yeah. With that said, <laughs> let's let's since we kind of got that all the way, let's uh, let's dive in here. Uh, so what, we're gonna start with the World Juniors because that was the most recent thing, and then maybe we'll try to work our way backwards a little bit. It, I know that sounds kind of um, counterintuitive. Yeah, but w- that's what we're doing. That's the plan for today. So, um, World Juniors. What did you guys World think? Juniors. How was it? Canada. Taking home the gold. And there there was a lot of skepticism about this team coming into the tournament. I didn't think like, they were going to get No one predicted them. Yeah, you didn't think they were going to medal. T- like, TSN didn't really predict them to do much of anything. Was it that 6 nothing game against Russia? Everyone remembers the tournament for the most part. It was, you know, everyone no. remembers Canada getting absolutely spanked by Russia 6 nothing in the preliminary games. For what me, really... it was how young they were. Like... I know it's it's kind of everybody says it's a 19 year old tournament, right? And they had mm-hmm. see arguably two of their most talented skill players were both 17, right? And one of them showed up in a massive way. The other one was kind of a ghost. Uh, Lafreniere was sick, and Byfield was kind of yeah, you yeah. Know, he he just looked like he wasn't quite there he, yet. He's but, eight um, months younger than than Laf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's Laf's second time coming back. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, honestly, I didn't think Barrett Hayden was gonna play that well. Uh, he played extremely well. He was and... a star. He yeah, he yeah. played like a team Canada captain. Especially <laughs> after pissing off Russia, like he came out firing. Like I don't, I don't know if that that was a turning point. That, I, think. I think it was. Yeah. Like yeah, so I really was saying was. like the, that six nothing loss, like just everything about it with the helmet and even just losing like that to a rival. Did that spark? You know that team like they come together after that and just turn it on and was that the reason without that six nothing loss are they winning the world juniors i probably not that i think that really like kind of made them figure it out i think it made them realize they got they're gonna have to grind and and they figured it out and man they sure they sure went after it maybe we should start there because as much i'm a canadian and i love i love canada um but this is hard for me to say i don't think that canada should have won that game and I feel really like I feel dirty with that win. It doesn't feel right to me. And I've seen a couple people on Twitter say the exact same thing where it just it felt wrong and I feel like Russia was robbed. Um I thought that game was terribly officiated like all around. I it was I know a lot of people said it was fun, but it had no flow to it. It was just penalty after penalty. Uh it was just basically who had a better who had better special teams and who was getting the calls and who wasn't at the right times. Um, but I mean like that last, that, that puck over the glass into the camera thing, like obviously everyone wants to talk about that. I mean, I think that was a blown call, uh, but, but it just, it goes, it goes, it goes way back even like there, there's more than just that. There was like 
uh, hate, they miss the Hayton high stick at the end of a period, and then they call Russia on a cross check at the end of the period after Hayton spears a guy. Like, and then they go out and score. Like, it, there was just massive, like, like shit. Well, Hayton also Canada got a just blown, got breaks like, there over was a breaks. Blown call. There was a blown call where Hayton got a penalty there were tons for of holding calls, the so. stick. Like, yeah. That's hockey. Both teams are going to get short side of the stick. I thought it was bad both I thought ways. it was more Russia, though. Like, I thought Russia... I, I think... agree it was bad both ways, and that's kind of what I'm saying. But I thought that the bigger moments in the game were, like, the refs needed to be, like, on their well, game. And I think that comes down to because of what happened with the camera. And and I understand. Yeah. And, and But at that point, it's not like Canada, like Canada got a power play off that and scored. They were already winning. Yeah, no, I agree. But so, it, it would have been a six on three, and it, uh, right, all of a sudden, right? Was, so was it, it, it makes a diff. It makes a difference, but yeah, but it's not like Canada was losing in that. You know, it was turn. also going to be a six on three for like a minute and a half. Like, let's be clear, like yeah. it was going to be a long six on three. Yeah, so, absolutely. Like but that could have be that could have been Russia. On the other side, and so true, uh, true. It, it sucks. It sucks for Russia, but you know, I, I I don't think you can throw it all on that. And then you know, the penalty where the guy uh, carried the stick absolutely was a penalty. Uh, he, he the, the Denisenko penalty afterwards. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. No, it definitely was 100. percent So but, the, the, uh, that guy, they screwed themselves there. The way I see the whole camera thing is, and TSN's been saying like, "Oh, it's IHF sanction. The camera was behind the glass. Like we put it in the right spot. Great, that's fine. You guys put it in the right spot. IHF approved it. It doesn't mean that IHF had like their referees meeting where they determined with Rule 135V." Which states that if it hits any structural object above the ice, oh, then Zane, it's no. not a delay Stop, game man. penalty. Now no, hold Stop. on, hold on. It went if out of play before it hit the camera. Hold on, if they predetermine that hitting that camera means no delay of game penalty, it doesn't matter if the puck's out of like slightly out of play, but when it yeah, hits the camera, it hit the camera. It's they have to call it the way that like, they, that's that they that's learned. the rule. Okay, yeah. that rule though that you're talking about is meant for like scoreboards that are hanging down, like the big jumbotrons. It doesn't meant for but. Apparently that was talked about and that was predetermined that the puck camera was part behind of the, the, glass. the camera that they put there was behind was part the glass. Of... But that does e- yes, even it, if it's behind the glass, it doesn't it matter because if the be referees were double, told double, it... the double IHF released a statement where the refs messed up the call and it should have been a two minute penalty. They for did puck over the yes, they did. So I don't know what you're talking about. Where here. is yeah, that? It's on. I Twitter. have not seen that. Google it. IHF camera. I'm searching this up right now as we. Uh... Well, I'll keep I, it going here. As, as all you look I see it up, is but... just the IHF rules make it clear. Like everyone's just posting the rule book that the penalty there. I don't see no statement from the IHF. I don't see one either. There, there about... is. A, it's not from the IHF. It's a guy who works for the IHF, and he stated that the the camera was is and it was made clear before the tournament started that the camera was behind the glass, and if any, that's why it was behind the glass. TSN even confirmed that, and the puck that went over the glass was already over the glass and hit the camera behind the glass, so oh. it should have been assessed a two minute penalty. Everyone, do you have that? Can you link that to me? And everyone heard I can try and TSN find it for on the you. broadcast. Everyone heard on TSN the broadcast saying that oh that we put the camera behind, like it's not our it's not our yeah. fault. Like yeah. they they were sanctioned, they were approved. Like that's fine. I'm not. No one blames TSN for this. Just how IHF determined if the camera was in, was part of it or like outside of play. But I just okay the way I, if it's if it's a call like says, that if it's a call like that where it's super close. And this call, like, Canada's up 4-3. It's a gold medal game. I, I would I would almost err on the side of, like, give them the, the power play because 
it's the gold medal. Like you don't want to make a team lose over that call, right? Like that's. Do you know what I'm kind of saying? Yeah, but if they yeah, make the, the wrong call, then they camera. make Canada lose. Yeah. It, it, but that, end, but, it's, but it's as but, but as you said, just because they had that power play doesn't mean Russia's going to score, right? No, but just because they also didn't doesn't mean they're not they're not going to score. They're still exactly power play. exactly. But 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 you not calling that power play almost guarantees that Canada is going to win that game. Well, Do you know what I'm saying? But they still no, had they a power still play. had a power play. Exactly, they still had a power play. So I, I think they probably erred on the right side because Russia already had a power play. Yeah, I don't know. I agree. Maybe. It's tough. It's tough. And the fact that I think is, I think you guys bad. are looking at it like it, I don't know. Like I think everybody I've seen online is looking at it from a, a Canadian perspective, and I get it. Like that's fine. But like, could you imagine being? You're yeah, looking. At, I, yeah, but you I'm, looking I'm, at it from the rule book. I'm the rule book says the rule book says that, 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 that call should have gone the other way. Ben's I, looking I don't, at I don't it know. from America, <laughs> literally from America. I am in Arizona as we speak. I'm looking yeah, from America. Well. Who also they really blew the tournament. Holy shit! Did they ever yeah, maybe we should talk about that. Let's try. There's enough arguing over that. I, I think Canada the and the U.S. switched places. They like Canada was supposed to do what the U.S. did and not do very well, and and U.S. was supposed to be dominant. Well, I thought the U.S. was going to struggle going to the tournament just because of their defense. Like, they had no... Ke'Andre Miller ain't it. I'm sorry. That guy is not... <laughs> he's not it. He's brutal. Um, and then, like, who else did they have on that team? They had, like, Ty Emerson, uh, Statsny. They had uh, Matias Samuelson, Jordan Harris. Cam York hardly played. Like, and then let's... Wait, like, that's not even talking about the lines. That that bonehead coach. I, if it, I was, was American, yeah, if I was American, I would lose personnel. my mind. Yeah, I oh, would yeah. lose my mind over what that coach did. Like, but you were talking about the defense though, and like they didn't have the defense. But at the end of the day, they lost one nothing to Finland to lose. Their, their goalie played That's fantastic that game. They also had oh, Spencer they... Knight in the net, right? Like, let's not. He he, he well, covered yeah, for a lot have... of those mistakes. That's fine, and that and that's why they had the offensive like they should have had the offense to yeah you know balance that out and win the game. But you yeah, know, but the, the coach not existent. But also the coach was just I don't know what he was doing with those lines. Like so, Caulfield should have been on the first line, first power. No, no, play. no, 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 no. Okay, the Caulfield thing is a whole other story. But I had a real problem with what they were doing as Turcotte and Zegers almost, and he kind of fixed it with Zegers near the end. But like he, had, they started the tournament with Zegers on the fourth line. Like what? When you have Kaliev, Caulfield, Wallstrom, Robertson, all your team, the like the, the, your top two lines should have those four wingers, and then put your playmaking centers in the middle of those two. Yep. You know, you know what? Like Turcotte and Zegers are both great passers and playmakers. Put them with some shooters. Like yep. why do you have pretty common sense? Why do you have Jack Jury and John Beecher playing with Caulfield? That like that that's one side of it. And then they had like Parker Ford and. Uh, I can't remember who else it was playing with um, with Zegers at the start of tournament. It was just like mind boggling. Like I just didn't get it. Like I, I credit to Shane Pinto because I've ripped on him on this podcast, but he played fantastic that tournament. And you know what? He probably played his way into that spot. That's fine. I had no problem with that. That Robertson uh, Pinto Wallstrom line was fine, and it played half decent. But the, after that, it was just a gong show. Like the whole tournament. Yeah, it was. It was very brutal to watch and yeah. see the line combinations and it was it was bad i mean and I, it's I, bad i made this point to zane too like everybody's really hard on caulfield but you gotta realize with caulfield right like he only played like 10 minutes a game 10 to 10 to 14 minutes a game on that team he's used to playing like 20 on first power play unit which he didn't get on that line or on, on that team on the first line which obviously he's not going to play on because wallstrom is back 
he's older and he's like almost the same he's the same style player with the, with the shot and all that stuff right mm-hmm. so you're obviously going to put wallstrom in those situations like wallstrom coming back really really like affected caulfield's tournament in my opinion he like that was caulfield's spot right so i i would like maybe they just took too many shooters on that team and maybe maybe caulfield shouldn't have even made that team if you're gonna roll with wallstrom maybe they should have picked some more passers and some more guys who could make some plays like like more like zegers type guys right but um yeah i i felt i i i don't i don't know what that coach was doing i i don't know <sighs> it just frustrates me i'd be so frustrated if i was an american watching that yeah absolutely so how many guys um, can come back next year like how oh, a lot of them a lot of them a i think lot of like them. a lot of the big names right like zegers can come back and he had like nine points uh turcott robertson caulfield but he'll uh, likely John be Beecher. in the NHL next year. Maybe, but they might be released, right? Like yeah, you can, you, like you can argue that. Like you can argue a lot of those situation. players aren't. aren't yeah, they're, a lot of those players are kind of like in Barry Hayden's position, right? Where maybe they're they're high picks, but are are they really like ready physically for the NHL? You know well, I mean? and here's another thing: is that you know Barry Hayden may that that's a huge confidence booster for a guy like Barry Hayden. So maybe Absolutely. it really helps him come back and and play better. So, and it's not that he's been bad, but he's he's so young and. Uh, he's know, just been a, scratched a lot of depth he's just on practicing that. with the team basically exactly exactly there's a lot of depth on that coyotes team right now yeah yeah fair uh, enough. so that could be a huge confidence boost okay well let's so, let's kind of his injury oh, no, they, they kind of called him back up to the nhl after the tournament but he's still hurt yeah he's hurt so i, I yeah. bet he just practices and takes it easy and, and you know he probably won't play for a little yeah bit. hangs out for a little bit yeah yep. mm-hmm. they haven't been doing that with him they don't need him on the team right now exactly so do you guys want to talk about some players that really stood out for you in the tournament maybe you can rack up wrap up the world juniors for that like well that. speaking of Barrett hayden that's that's for sure one of them okay uh did you did you get but like let's did you have any players that you went into the tournament not knowing who they were and like now you know who they are kind of thing uh well I, I, I won't speak for myself because this is one that's kind of a homer pick, and I think Grace, you know who I'm going to talk about. But but a lot of people probably didn't know who Hoglander was, right? Like, oh some, yes, 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 yes. The Canucks yeah, prospect, and holy shit, did that guy ever explode? Like, yeah, so smooth, so much skill, so much skill. The guy has an un, unlimited amount of skill. Like, yeah, it's unreal, uh, unbelievable. He was he was incredible, and it was so fun to watch him just dominate. And uh, and he's also like a little like. Like a pest too. He's almost like a little Marchant sometimes. He's he yeah, can be he, he can be. He a got thrown out of a game. Exactly. Yeah. He got tossed, <laughs> and I, I loved watching him. It was he was really fun to watch, and probably probably someone that people don't really know. That must be exciting to think so of him and Pedersen. What's oh, together, dude, right? I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. What's his timeline for the NHL? Like, how long does it take to bring that guy over? I uh, I, I know a lot of people want him next year, but it's probably the year True. after. But but you yeah. never know if he you know can really come into camp and and you know go crazy and, and have a good preseason then you never know uh he he was thinking about it this year even trying to do it but the, i think the Canucks said no uh but so thing, I, I could be next year but two years is better the thing with him is that's really underrated is he's actually a fitness nut he's actually in like incredibly mm-hmm. good shape and he does some really cool um like unique creative drills with like um he like kind of like you know like how there's always those clips of ryan o'reilly doing these like, yes. weird. yeah he does a lot of that stuff too um, and that's why he has such good hands and balance and all that stuff. But um, the thing with him that I he needs to he's gonna need to control is when to use this creativity and skill effectively, right? Like you don't want to just be doing it all the time because that's in the NHL you're gonna get burned 
So he needs to, he, like, I, I definitely think the sky is the limit for this guy. Like, he's, the amount of talent this guy has reminds me of, like, Kovalev-esque, you know? Where, like, he was just so skilled at, at, at that time period. And I think that Hoglander is this almost new style of player where it's, like, I, it wouldn't surprise me if this guy came down the ice, just picked up the puck as he's skating down and threw it on net. You know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. like that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. And I think, I think he's done that a couple times in the... Um, uh, I think he's playing the Swedish league, um, but mm-hmm. yeah, if he can tone, Ooh, if he can try like to figure where? out like more IQ, uh, when to use his skill and stuff, then I think, I think, I think he's going to be a hell of a player. I agree. What, what did you say to Zane? Are you kind of, from kinda where, off like where, where are you throwing the puck on from? Like, like the top ice? of the circles. Yeah. He, like he came in oh, off the rush and like picked it up, did a spinorama and then threw it on the net. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's got some yeah. unreal he's... skill. <laughs> He's pretty His hands sick. are unbelievable. Did, did you have a guy? Shit and... Yeah, no. Yeah, uh, exactly. it, I wouldn't. No, I didn't know about this player beforehand, but Alexis Lafreniere. He oh. stepped up in a okay. big way this tournament. And, you know, I know a lot of people know him as the number one overall pick this upcoming season, but this was the first time that, you know, he was really, really on display for people to see. He did play in the U18s, Canada won, that's great, but. Uh, if I'm, he did play in the U18s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was good. Yep. Mm. But this is the World Juniors. This is a different stage. This is against 20 year olds instead of just 18 year olds. And he played like he was a, you know, a two time returnee, 19 year old, playing in his last year. Like, yeah, he's, he could still go he back twice. To, he could come two back. More times. Yeah, yeah, two more times. That's crazy. Yep. No, I'm and with you. He, I, I was one of those people that thought he was like. It's a 19-year-old tournament. He's probably going to struggle this year. Like that was, I, I was one of those people, 100. So yeah, but he came in and was Canada one of Canada's top players. Like he won. Um, he was MVP. Player of the tournament. He was MVP. Yeah. 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 Which is ridiculous. Has a 17-year-old ever won tournament MVP? Um, that's a good question. I'm that not is sure. A good question. Like, is not it? Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up right now. You guys can keep going. Yeah, look it up. Well, for me, I, I like I had I had a couple guys. Um, Obviously, uh, like Samuel Fajimo, who had the most points in the tournament, uh, he was kind of a more unknown quantity to a lot of people. Um, he's, he was a second-round pick by the um, LA Kings, and he was an, like a 19-year-old who got picked. Um, and then, like for Canada, uh, Kalen Addison, oh, yeah, their he was defenseman, good. popped off nine points. Uh, I know Zane knows – well, Zane would know that I – I've been following this kid for a couple of years, so it wasn't that big of a shock for me, but I'm, I'm trying to come at this from like other people's perspective. If maybe you didn't know these kind of players. Uh, and then Niels Lundqvist also was another guy that I thought had a great tournament for Sweden. Uh, and he was, uh, I think he was 24th or something around there for the New York Rangers, the year they took uh Kravstoff and Kendry Miller. And so, um, yeah, those are some of the guys that I kind of had highlighted more, uh, under the radar kind of guys for me that I think not a lot of people know who they are. Um, that I thought had great tournaments. So yeah. Well, with that said, uh, I think that's enough of the world junior, the world juniors. Uh, <clears throat> let's kind of transition to the NHL. And there were a ton of coaches that have been let go this year. And I think that's kind of where we're going to start. Uh, and then maybe we'll move into some of the signings and trades and uh, some of that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, let's start with some coaches because there's a lot of them that, that have been fired this year. There's uh, six coaches so far. Uh, there's still you know tons of times, tons of time left. Um, 
But yeah, Jim Montgomery in Dallas, Bill Peters in Calgary. Uh, those two obviously kind of different circumstances, but still. Yeah, unfortunately, fired. we need to uh, <laughs> differentiate. You know why the reason the coach got fired? Yeah, all the stuff. So that's, that's kind of why I, I start with those two. Jim Montgomery obviously has some um, alcohol abuse uh, issues, and he's you know trying to get that fixed. Uh, he's, I think he's entered into rehab. Is that correct? Yeah, I read that. The, the thing with that one is there must have been something that happened because, yes, if you're an alcoholic at home, people may know, but that's not a fireable offense. So yeah. I'm wondering if something happened if he showed up at the rink. And yeah, he showed up just hammered. Yeah, Something must have happened, and we it probably won't ever know. It also might have been like a public thing where he went out somewhere and he was really drunk. Maybe, but I feel and... like we would have seen a video on that or something. Yeah, I don't know. And then obviously we we've touched on the Bill Peters thing, so I don't think we need to go into that yeah. anymore. Um, but let's let's kind of transi- transition to some ones that were like actual like, um, you know, I, I don't know what the right word is, but they were actual like hockey decisions. That's that's probably what I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, like Peter Laviolette was the most recent one uh, in Nashville. John Hines obviously in New Jersey. There was the Babcock thing. I don't know if we talked on that about on the podcast. I can't quite remember. I, I think, think we it was did. the day before we we had discussed him like potentially getting yeah. fired, but it was the day before he actually. Well, got maybe fired. let's let's skim over that real quick, and then obviously Pete DeBoer in San Jose was also let go. So, um, do you guys want to kind of work? Let, let's let's start with the the Babcock one. Cover that real quick, and then yeah. we'll go into like more chronologically. We'll go Hines, DeBoer, Lemvillet. Let's do that. So let's do uh, so Babcock, Sheldon Keith. They've been on a tear since they've had Sheldon Keith. Um, is this just the players waking up because they don't? I think Babcock sounds like a total dick. I think every story I've heard about him is bad. You yeah, know, there's most people don't like him after playing for him, and so it just yeah, not surprising. The team wasn't doing well, and yeah. and all of a sudden you know Keith comes in. They're playing music during practice. They're loose. They're having fun, and yeah. you know, they're actually allowed to play the way they want to play. I think it made yep. a big difference, and I think it was absolutely the right decision because Babcock just sounds kind of like a dick. Yeah, no, well... Yeah, that's definitely so, a huge one. Like, Keith is playing this team the way it was designed, the way it was, you know, structured. Yes. It was the, the more carefree, offensive-style game, and, and that really suits this roster, and uh, it's helped them a lot in the standings. They're, what, tied tied for second in the Atlantic now? Like, they were yeah, I think so. 10 points back or something like that. Like, they were out. I think they're going to catch Boston. I think I think uh, the Lightning and both... Toronto by the end of the season will, will yeah. catch Boston. Well, Boston's so. been on a slide too, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's, it's sooner. That's kind of what I said earlier in the, the season, right? Uh, they will we'll 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 games. Time. Boston will be fine. No, they're going to make the playoffs, but. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, you guys I don't, don't think, think the uh, Boston will keep number one? No, not at all. I think the Lightning are. I think the Lightning and the Leafs are awesome. On a tear. Um, okay, but is this more like. Uh, just, just to close up. Uh, the, the Babcock Keefe thing is this is this solely because of tactics that they're playing better or is this solely because the players you know they're happy now that they got their guy fired and now they can actually be like personality wise themselves like which which is it? it yeah it's I think it's a mix of both yeah uh, like it, both just everything helps together everything helps together like just having you know more of a loose carefree kind of environment uh definitely suits like a Matthews type player maybe yeah. for Tavares he's more of a Babcock guy but for the rest of the team there it's uh you know that this is what this is the coach Dubas had in mind when he made this team. When he, you know, kept yeah. guys like Marner, kept guys like Nylander, and uh, yeah, it's paying off in spades. Yeah, 
Okay, well, let's go into John Hines yeah, getting axed Leafs. from uh, the, the Devils. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, let's go into John Hines getting axed from uh, from the Devils this there. Was so and then instantly hired again. Yeah, well, not instantly. There was a, I think it was about a month. Oh, there right? was a, well, it was, yeah, that's pretty, pretty quick turnaround, though. That, that is pretty quick, a, yeah. Yeah. Okay, the, we'll, we'll so, touch on that, though, when we get to the Labulet thing. But let's, let's talk well, about let's talk just about the, the Devils, Devils here. Yeah, they didn't get better after this trade or after this coach firing, correct? It, At it, least not right away. The team sucks. Is the is the main I issue? Think, of this I team. think they're having more offensive success though. Like I think they're scoring more. So goals did now. that? Did that start before? Like, no, when it was, Hines it was, was fired. What, or did this start yeah, after the Hall yeah, trade? Yeah, yeah. I think I think they're starting to pick up the goal pace a little bit more because they were they were struggling. They, they got shut out like three games in a row, and they were, and then they kind of fired their coach, I think, and uh, it kind of picked, they've been. They've been picking it up a little bit, so um, yeah. I mean, I, I have Blackwood in my fantasy thing, and uh, he's getting peppered every game. But it, like, they are scoring like two to three goals a game now, so that still isn't that good. So yeah, I know Halsey's been in four or five. I know, yeah, I know Halsey was putting up points in New Jersey. Like he's still, you know, almost point per game and yeah. doing well. But did, does him being traded does that open up uh, some opportunity for some of the young guys there and like really help them? You know gain more confidence getting better opportunities and you know multiple guys can fill that spot rather than just hall always having to be the one there and that top power play top line like they i think it helps a little bit that there's you know more opportunity for those guys and 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 it's not you know hall leaving he's a cancer and the team's now better because of it i think it's just more like hey there's more opportunity for a lot of these guys they're playing more young guys uh a new coach is still trying to get his like just giving opportunities to his players to get them to know the better. It's a kind of a combination of that. And I've seen a lot of people saying, Oh, like Halsey's gone. And that's the reason they're starting to win now. And I, no. I just don't think that's the case. No. Well, Taylor Hall is an interesting one for me. Um, obviously he's a good player, but I don't know. He does kind of have that stigma with him, right? Everywhere he goes, it's kind of like the team, he just can't find that success. I know he did kind of find it one year with uh, the Devils when he kind of did it all himself, but um, he's also you, been you really wonder. shitty teams. Yeah, I, maybe let's let's save the Taylor Hall thing for a little bit later. But in terms of you talking about depth and like opportunity for players, like this is their lineup right now. They got Wayne Simmons, Nico Heischer, Kyle Palmieri. They got Blake Coleman. Uh, I think it's supposed to be Jack Hughes there, Nikita Gusev, but Hughes is out right now. And they got Jesper Boquist, Zaka, Miles Wood, and I think that's supposed to be Zajac there in Zaka's spot when they're healthy. And then uh, they got Kevin Rooney, Ben Street, and John Hayden. So, like, young players, I don't – this team needs draft picks. Yes. Like, they need they need help. They need help on the wings, I think. Uh, I think Heischer's going to figure it out. He's looked pretty good this, this year. He's had some flashes of, like, where he's shown his skill off. Uh, he's still young, and I think he's the kind of player where once he hits, like, 22, that's kind of where we're going to see him kind of flourish. Um, I mean, obviously, Jack Hughes, uh, he's got a lot of potential, so we'll, we'll see what happens with him. They Those two players just need guys to play with. Plain and simple, right? Like, yes. <laughs> I think I think Gusev has, has been kind of good for them. Uh, Paul Mary has been okay. Um, but Blake Coleman isn't a second-line player, and Wayne Simmons isn't a first-line player. Like, that's... Um, well, those, that's, that's rough. I, I feel like those two players are kind of on like a pump and dump right now. Like just pump their numbers up, play them in the top six, and then get them out of town for as much as possible. Yeah, maybe. Coleman, yeah. Def, I think some teams would want Blake Coleman for sure. I think um, so, yeah. 
maybe even Wayne Simmons if they eat some of that salary. I think he's on a five point five or something like that. So if they eat salary, some teams can afford him. I think he's just on five, so eating salary yeah. two and a half and yeah, so that's fine. that's fine. Um, but yeah, like guys like Pavel Zaka and Jesper Boquist, like why the hell not? Like I'd be playing those guys, you know, ten or twenty minutes a night. Play him in those top two lines. Like who cares? Like just develop them. Like give especially Zaka for me, like. He drafted this guy seventh overall. If he's not a center then and he's a winger, that's fine. But then play him on the wing and play him with some guys who he's going to have success with. Like, put him with T-shirt. Like, let's let's see what he's got, you know? That that mm. one's that one's a little – like, I, I guess he's playing center right now on the second line with Gusev and Coleman, but, but still. Yeah. Um, what, about the, what about the Coyotes? You know, Ben, how, how have they done since the Altar? I know they went on a losing streak and then a winning streak. Like, they've been up and down a little bit. Still trying to, you know, figure out how to get this guy, you know, like really going with this team. How yep. how's he been? He's been good. Uh, I He hasn't been, you know, Taylor Hall yet. Uh, he scored last game. They're actually on a four-game win streak right now, so I think they're starting to kind mm. of uh, figure it out. Uh, but he's been he's been solid. Like, he hasn't been unreal, but he's been good. And he's uh, he started to fit in well with the team. Uh, he's definitely looked better over the four game stretch. Uh, so I think he's it, it, this is the time where he's going to start to kind of figure it out, and uh, we'll see how things go. I mean, the the better he plays, the more chance he has of, of staying in Arizona. I think. Um, so I you know they're going to put him in every yeah, position yeah. to to have success. I know that. He had a goal and assist last game, both on the power play, and you know if he can, I think the biggest thing about him is team success right now yes yes he doesn't really care about his own numbers he cares about is the team winning the game and that is going to go a long way through the rest of the year to see if he stays or not and yeah you guys actually have a decent shot at keeping him wait i think he's going to make it to july 1st no matter what yeah or whenever the date is that i think it's a couple days before you can hear offers but he's going to make it to that point you know at this like he hasn't signed extension with anyone yet he wants to wait. He wants to see what all the offers are. And, I mean, why not? You're a 27-year-old, former MVP. Go get your money. Go go see what you're worth on the market. And I still think Arizona has a really good chance of keeping him, though. Yeah, I, I agree. It'll can, be an interesting summer. Since we're kind of on the devil's playoffs. train here, do we want to talk about uh, – we just talked about John Hines, too. Do we want to talk about Ray Shiro, too? Like, should this guy get fired? No, it's kind of. This is kind of. I kind of threw this out to Zane when uh, he kind of visited here, and and I disagree. I think, I think it's, I think it's talkable, or you know, it, 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 there's it's a fair point to to bring up right now. Like, I don't know how you should be able to keep your job after. Like this team was not going to compete this year. You know what I mean? Like, how can you miss? His summer that? was very bad. His summer yeah. was very bad. Like pe- people thought it was but really good. Everyone, I, I just didn't get e- it. Like everyone, not everyone thought it was really good. I think the people who were it wasn't just it wasn't just random fans saying, "Oh, what a great summer." It was the media ranking the Devils number one. It was their own. Every team saw the Devils. But the media the threat. The media this year. does that. Like they overhype Subban every year, and he's just not it, man. Like it's. He was not the guy, and he's not the same Subban he was when he was twenty six. Like that was a terrible trade, and thank God he didn't. What, they like, gave up spend a couple round second pick. round picks. They spent yeah, but they they need those picks. second round picks. Like they have no, they have nobody in their system, man. Like they they needed those those picks. Like this. The is... way I see it with this Devils team is they had one more year of Taylor Hall, 
And in order to keep your franchise winger, you had to fucking go for it. You had but to try But why not just playoffs. trade him? Like, at the start of the year, they could have got even more for him at the start of the year. Like, why not why, why, just draft Hughes and hit the rebuild? Like, they should have traded Hall. Because in a, in a business, in a real-world situation where you have fans that you want coming to games because it's still New Jersey, they don't have a perfect attendance. Like, they still need to sell tickets. They still need to... They still have an owner that probably wants to win. It's it's more yeah, complicated but, but than just, oh, yeah, this is the, more, this owner, is the smart decision for a long-term hockey club. Like, no, if you have an owner who wants to win... in the short term as well. It's your job to be like, hey, man, like, we're not winning this year. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I can try, but... And he, and he tried. And he, and he I think that's it. fireable. He, there's I don't know. not much I, he... He, he, might, have had it, really he might have had it an order from the owner, though, to say, like, you know. But it's your job. It's your job as a GM. And we're going for it. It's your job as a GM to do the best that's for the team and not do what's going to try to save your job. And I think Shiro probably did what was he thought was going to save, save his job. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're in that spot, how, how do you, you can't not fire him after save that. your job? You can't fire him after that. Uh, I, I would fire him. I don't know. I, I don't know how you like. He, I don't know how you keep, let this guy keep being the GM. Like their drafting has not been very good. I mean, the the outside of the obvious picks like the Heisher, which again doesn't even look like it was the best pick of that draft. Like Pedersen, Makar, Heiskin, all guys they could have had, right? So we could say that that was a miss. No, and then they draft Hughes. This year, Patrick draft like. I know, but from my, I'm just, I'm just saying. Now that we're looking back on it, again, that wasn't the best pick. Hughes, we don't know. It's still not obvious whether he's going to be the best pick from that draft. Those are two first-round picks. Zaka, he took seventh overall. That looks terrible. Well, has looked terrible. Ty Smith, we don't, we still don't know what's what's going to be happening with him. If, if that was a great he looks pick. looks fine. He, like, he looks okay. He did, did good in the World Juniors. So maybe that's the one pick there. Like, But then outside of that... Who do they have? Even that uh, McLeod that they have on their team. I think he went 12th overall, and he still hasn't been able to crack the roster yet. They have Jesper Like Bolt The drafting has – like somebody Jesper needs Brad. to get fired. I, I don't care if it's Shiro here, but somebody from this organization needs to get fired, whether it's in scouting. I don't know. I agree with that. There, there sure. are changes that sure. need to be made. I think maybe in the player development uh, area mm. of that team, that's probably where things need to go. I think they're – Pro scouting, for the most part, has been okay in terms of the trades that they've made, like Hall for Larson and and uh, other deals of just bringing in Subban for not a first-round pick. That's Subban. Like, I think yeah, they lost Subban, that Subban trade. Subban is, Subban is disappointed this year, but it's not like it was a bad value it at the was. time. It two, was. Two second-round picks for a $9 million player. Like, that's a salary dump. They should, like, uh, I don't know. I think I think I think uh, Dave Poyle uh, bent Shiro over on that one. I I don't know. That that is a move to go for it. Yeah. Well, that uh, that's well, enough. Look at, look at let's look at what happened in New, in Nashville though. They're just fired their coach. It's not like they're doing any better right now without PK. True. True. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, they they're doing poorly for different reasons. Then. Different reasons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little different there. Um. What, what well, is let's going go into Nashville. Let's, let's go into Nashville. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about yeah. Peter Laviolette. He just got axed. Uh, and let's start with, is John Hines the right guy for that team? Let's start there. 
Because we're talking about the Devils. <laughs> they took New Jersey's coach. They took, they so took the trade, his, the trade is actually coach. pretty stupid <laughs> for John Hines. And, and <laughs> oh, my God. And I don't think it's seconds, a bad move. So. I, I, I don't think John Hines is that bad of a coach. I don't I, think he's that bad either. I just think that the Devils were shit. Like yes. they, He had nobody to, to, to work with. Yeah, he has people to work with here. You know, the, the problem is, which we kind of talked about earlier in the year, or like before our predictions, is Nashville, the goaltending has been not very good. No. You were right on that, Ben. So I, I was a little bit right on that. Props to you. Nice. I'll, give you. I'll give you your props. That was, that was, a, good, that was a good call. The goaltending has been not – Pekka has been, been bad this year. And it hasn't been great. And Soros Pekka has been – I've been surprised with Soros. I thought he was going to be a little bit better. Yeah, he hasn't been great. And, I, and I'm, I'm wondering if it's the size thing. I wonder if these small goalies can't play in the NHL. Well, and probably. That, that's a discussion these for players day, are, These players are too good. And that's yeah, that's the issue. So, you know, it is what it is. At Canucks, trade DiPietro, but uh, <laughs> uh, I yeah, that. I think that's an issue. I, I think size is definitely an issue, and that goaltending has been bad because the defense on that team is not bad. It's the goaltending. You can't blame it on the defense. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Mix, mix signals. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that defense as a whole is kind of overrated, but yeah, but it's probably still a top ten in the NHL, right? Well, they're is also it? not scoring. They have Yossi. Okay, who? What is it? Yossi Ellis. See, so here's Eklund, the thing: like they, Fabry, they have Roman right? Yossi putting up over a point per game right now on their yeah. team. Fantastic. Yeah. There's no one else at thirty, like over thirty. Yeah, sure. Yossi's got but... forty five and forty two. The next is Forsberg at thirty. Yeah, so I, I think we should be talking about every single forward on your team, team by over fifteen points. Yeah, well, that's, that's that, an issue. That's a that's an issue. I, yeah, I think Matt Duchesne is should be a a, a big topic on this team. Like uh, they signed that guy to put up points for them, right? He was supposed to be that that number one center, and I don't think he's really done that. Like he's been kind of a disappointment even, for them, huh? Even Ryan Johansson. Yeah, Ryan Johansson got twenty six points in forty two games. They yeah, and, and Duchesne's only got twenty nine and thirty nine. He's nine and twenty so far. So yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely not living up to the money. That's for sure. I mean, Duchesne no, had what? Here, he had but... almost seventy points last year. He had seventy yeah. points last year, right? It's weird. Their precision uh, yeah. stats are okay. Their PDO is fine. I'm I'm at least looking at Johansson right now. Like everything looks fine in terms of their numbers and relative to their careers, but. It's for some reason they just weren't scoring. Maybe this oh, coaching change will help. They did. They were missing Forsberg for a stretch there and Arvidsson, right? Yeah, yeah. So that that's gonna yeah, affect when the centerman they, because been there. when they've been there, they haven't been. They well, haven't... okay, but but Nashville's never been the team where they have a whole bunch of guys up like a point, like over a point per game. You know what I mean? Like they've been like they they have a bunch of guys who are like sixty to seventy point guys. And they've always been really good at keeping the puck out of the net. That's, well, that's how they what, play. That's what I'm saying is the issue now. Uh, the well, scoring yeah, is similar. It's a little net. bit worse, but they can't they can't save the puck. So yeah, that I think that yeah. So that's kind of where I, like their D are good. I think off like they have some like Ellis is a good offensive guy. Yossi is good, um, but like when you're thinking defensively, Ekholm's like Yossi good. isn't. Yossi's okay. Ekholm's okay. Like Ekholm's a little overrated. Yeah, Ellis is pretty small. Fabro's a rookie. Like, I don't. I I I kind of feel shitty for like or stupid for. I I mean, in terms of decors, like Yossi. Sorry to cut you off, but in terms of decors, no, like fine. Yossi Ellis Ekholm, 
Fabro. That's a fine top four in the NHL. Yeah, but when you when you think of the by by name value, sure. But like this isn't the same decor age wise that it was five years ago, right? Like maybe yeah. they're starting to fall off a little bit. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like especially watching Ekholm play, I don't think Ekholm's the same Ekholm he was five years ago. I don't think I don't think um uh what's his uh, Ellis sorry. I mean, Ellis is okay, but he's never been the guy who's going to be, like, a shut-down guy. He's, he's a smaller guy, right? Like, he, it's hard for him to yeah. be win puck battles in the corner and do those things. And and then you have mm-hmm. Fabro, who's, you know, first-year really full pro that um, – or in the NHL, at least, is – I think it's a recipe for sh- – we should have seen it coming more, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you okay. saying this team is missing Ryan Suter and Shea Weber? As their top defensive pairing, I think that I think they're really <laughs> missing Shea. I think they're really missing Shea Weber. I I, I yeah. think that was, that was a terrible trade by them. I don't know. I, I'm a Habs fan, so I can I'm, I'm allowed to say that. I guess <laughs> uh, they they were just trying to get out of that contract. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. well because it was that, not... that's that's a conversation for another day because the re, the, the the retirement recapture. thing, the recapture. Yeah, is they not yeah it was the recapture. Them. It's not like they took because they took back PK Suman's nine million, but the recapture apparently they tried to get out of it and they couldn't. So. Yeah, because yeah. I, I um, mean, if Weber still retires, Nashville's on the hook, right? Yeah, yeah la- if I think it's the last year he retires, they have a twenty-six million dollar penalty against their cap. That's not going to happen. Yeah. That's going to get reduced. <laughs> they should. There's no they way they're going to find they them fucked Vancouver. They yeah. fucked Vancouver with Luongo's. Yeah, like three million. The, but they got to be fair. That's a little yeah. different. Three million to twenty-six is a little bit much. <laughs> like they're going to have to be forced to get their goddamn roster. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if they like made him pay him over a certain amount of years. Yeah, I think like it's they did like out. five million a year for five yeah. years, and be like, okay, yeah, bad, bad fair. Nashville, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Stupid though. Twenty six million for one year is that yeah, would that absurd. would that would that would derail your team. team. Yeah. yeah, they would have to trade Move everybody. Move their draft away pick to forward. the end of the year. Spread out the years that you need to pay this money back and. Uh... To, not to the end of the year, end of the end of the draft round, like move their first yeah. round pick to thirty one, yeah. and mm-hmm. then um, you know spread out the money a little bit, make it a little bit cheaper as well because you're giving up the draft pick, and uh, yeah, I think that's appropriate. But I don't even think it was their fault. Like it was the way Philadelphia structured the shade were wrong. Yeah, yeah, and they had to match, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So if Philly, you motherfuckers, I'm just kidding. Love you, former not former really, uh, Peter Laviolette, former coach there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then the last guy that we have here, I think, is uh, Pete DeBoer. Do you want to talk about that? And and the fuck the, well, the uh, Sharks have been shit. So I was gonna say the tire fire that the Sharks have been the last. It, it had to happen. They have been horrible. historical loss the other night. Hey, did you guys see that? What was the no, what, what was the history? So they were up four uh, three. The Sharks. Washington pulls their. Or oh yes, 3-2. yes, 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 3-2, yes. 3-2, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Washington pull, pulls their goalie. Sharks go down and score. Yep. So that's 4-2. With one minute and to go. With one minute to go. Washington comes down and scores 15 seconds later. And then they score again another 15 seconds later. Tie the game and win in overtime, winning 5-4. My, my buddy had money on that game. He's going to win like 80 bucks. <laughs> if San Jose <laughs> won the game. <laughs> I would no lose way. it, Matt. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's Unreal. That's rough. <laughs> But so, yeah, that is that is an embarrassing, like just this, brutal. I I don't. I'm gonna say I don't think this was a coaching problem. I as much as I hate Pete DeBoer, um, I, I think that this is a team, and I think uh, Doug Wilson's on the hook for this one. Oh, I think the GM's next, probably. Yeah, I think the GM. 
I've heard I mean, so maybe... many DMs talk highly of Doug Wilson. I know of how much of like a shark he is. When it he would get of, like he would get rehired instantly. He would get oh, rehired 100%. instantly. But I mean, he does kind of so have do you to pay let him just work here, don't? Do you do you let him just work his way out of it? Though, like, well, here's, the, here's the thing: he's been they've been so good for so long. It might it is it is the wrong decision to fire him right away. It, it is the wrong. I decision. think so. Yeah, like, maybe let you him, let's, let let him, him see what he can do it. in a rebuild. Yeah, yes, maybe. I think yeah. you give him a couple years. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I agree. It's not I just like a next year too. thing. It's like you give him the rebuild. You're like, okay, yeah. you're our, you're our guy. Maybe I would give him three years. Some stuff that's going on with your in the organization, whether it's scouting or development. Like, they've been fine with that. But like, you need to be the guy. Like yeah, their scouting has yeah. been fine, I think. Like they've 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 had um, like they they haven't really had any high picks for the last like ten years, and they've still like managed to find like these players that have been. Speaking of high players. picks, I kind of want to go on a little rant here. So, last season, as everyone remembers, the Ottawa Senators had a. Oh top God! Pick here we go. Because yeah. they finished last, and they had traded it away. The Colorado yep. Avalanche had a top pick, and they out of it, they got Bowen Byram. This year, the San Jose Sharks have done essentially the same thing. They traded away the 2019 first. It became a 2020 first uh, because of the conditions. And it wasn't a choice one. It was just like they didn't meet the conditions. Now it's 2020, and it's unprotected. But the San Jose Sharks are currently a lottery team with their lottery pick traded away. And I haven't seen as many people talking about this as the way Ottawa was roasted last season. Yeah, that's like true. no one's no one's making fun of the Sharks. Well, I think it has to do with their Ottawa is a Canadian team, and it's kind of yeah, oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't I don't they mean to worse. rag on Ottawa, but it's kind of the team in Canada where it's like <laughs> yeah, everything Canadian that will go wrong with a Canadian far. team, it's it's in Ottawa, you know, like and it's gonna well, not even that. Like any te- anything that goes wrong with any team is gonna get blown on to yeah, smithereens yeah, by that, media yeah. by people yeah. like yeah and that's i think that's why no one's really you know made fun of the sharks that way but the fact yeah. of the matter is the senators now have two top lottery picks in one of the best draft years we've seen the last what five years oh yeah man they, they could do good for they, they could do extremely well for themselves like let's say they get lafreniere and like a jamie drysdale then they replace I'm not saying Jamie Drysdale is going to be like Eric Carlson, but they replaced that defenseman that they were missing. They replaced they Mark Stone, and they, re- yeah. Ooh, well, they replaced they're, Mark they're Stone, back and, at it. and then they replaced and Carlson. They're back at like, it, yeah. So good. I mean, good for them. They they do have Shabbat, and Drysdale's a lefty, right? So it's kind Righty. of just going left and left. No, Drysdale's right. right. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You got the the top pairing in the future there. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Eric Brandstrom. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I feel bad for Pete DeBoer though. Like, do you think he's gonna get rehired pretty quick here? I don't know about quick, but I don't he's think not he's out of the top league of the in list. any stretch. Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, out of I don't league think he's the top of the list, but uh, he he'll find a job maybe at the start of the season or like yeah. during the summer this year. Yeah, agreed. Like, cause he'll be a guy like, in, in, in the not to I hate to go back it. to the Devils again, but uh, their new coach Elaine uh, Nazadine, I think is his name. I sorry if I'm pronouncing mm-hmm. that wrong, but. He's no, only an interim boring. coach right now, so do you think mm-hmm. DeBoer could make a return to the Devils' uh, line? He could. He could. I think they'll probably let this guy ride out the year yeah. uh, and see what happens, and, and then you know go from there next year. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, well that's enough with coaches. Let's uh, let's go over these trades real quick that happened. Uh, you guys kind of you guys kind of talked about the, the Hall trade a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, kinda, yeah. I kind of walked off and my dogs were nuts. Yeah, so. I talked about where the teams are. 
Mm-hmm. How okay, about well, Kevin let's, Ball? Let's, let's talk a little let's bit. We that talked up. about the World Juniors. We talked about this yep. trade. We didn't talk about Kevin Ball. Like, what type of defenseman? He's a defensive defenseman, stay kind of an old man, school type. Giant. Stay at home. He's not the is same that though. The he right can skate. Defenseman to get back? He can skate. No, no, he can skate, which is better than the old school. But he still plays that defensive. He can pass the puck, but he's not going to give much offense at, uh, at the next level. It sounds but, like they got an 18-year-old or 19, however old he is, shitty version of Adam Larson. Yeah, but is uh, that isn't that like what they kind of need right now? The Devils they need defensemen well, to help keep the puck right on the net. No, but I'm saying like they don't have anybody on their roster or in their system remotely that can do what Kevin Ball can do. So is that a guy that you need to trade Taylor Hall to get, or is that a guy you pick up like a Jordy Ben as a UFA signing for cheap? No, this guy's better than Jordy Ben. Jordy Ben. Is he not just going to be a top six defenseman? That's a defenseman? No, 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 no. The misconception here is that you're thinking old school defenseman, big, slow, physical guy. That's not Kevin Ball. Kevin Ball is a big guy who can skate extremely well and can pass the puck. Like, uh, think like a little smaller version. Of I started Tyler Myers. thinking Darnell. I, I started thinking Darnell Nurse, and I was like, you said pass the puck. I'm like, no, never mind. That's not. No, like, like think Nurse, I, he's obviously Tyler not Myers. as big as Tyler Myers, but think Tyler Myers. Like Tyler Myers is a big, big guy who can skate. Obviously, has more offensive upside than, than Ball, but similar. I think it's their similar style. Like Ball's not going to go and physically like he's not going to have these big open ice hits, but he's going to be mean in the corners and he has a good stick and he's going to be defensively responsible. That's what he's there to do. So, uh, yeah. this is the this is the guy that they were fighting over. Like this was the make or break no, of the deal. This like... this was a good. Like, you're saying is this a guy you can get in another draft? Like. Maybe yeah, can you, you can draft risk this it. guy. Maybe you can risk it, but Kevin Ball is going to be an NHL player. I think. I think. Why would you? Why would you risk drafting another guy like this when you can just trade and get the guy like this? You know. Yeah. Like that's who? Fair. Who else are they going to get off the counties? They're not getting Barry Hayden. They're no. not getting. Not getting Soderstrom. Uh, they're not going to get Jan Jenik. Like they're not getting these guys. Ball was. Ball was the guy. And yeah. let's 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 not ignore like Nick Merkley, who was a AHL All Star. Uh, and was over a point per game player when he was playing with decent players in the AHL or the AHL, and then and, and had a great career in Kelowna uh, in the dub. He could definitely play that top nine role for them uh, in the future. And they need wingers. He can. He's a right-handed shot. Maybe he can do something there. And then Schnarr had a great year with I think it was Guelph last year uh, and put up great numbers. So like these like these other two players aren't just nobodies. They're still. Decent. Yeah, they, and then, they got decent. On top of that, they get a first round pick, which I mean, I think that's obviously it's protected, but they're not like they're going to get the Arizona's not getting a top three pick this year. That's it's just no. not happening. So they're going to get a first round pick. That's exactly what they need, the Devils. And then on top of that, they could get another first round pick, which again they need. And I think that the chances of him resigning there and them winning a, a playoff round are probably like seventy five percent. Like I. Not to spoil it, but I, I, I really like the Coyotes. If we're going to be talking about playoff series and seven-game series, they're built for that. That's what they're built to do. So um, I think it just hinges on – I think they're going to win a playoff series this year at least, and I think it hinges on whether Hall resigns or not. But even a first and a second round for that, 
and and the haul they got out of those prospects for a guy who's like half a year of Taylor Hall. No, I I think the other two sick. prospects are not anything noteworthy. Like you just don't know prospects, Zane. Well, maybe not, but they're that, not anything yeah. of like substance. They just didn't have an opportunity they don't seem like in, anything Car- of substance. in Arizona. Yeah, they don't. But Nick Merkley was an AHL also had like over a point per game and then blew his knee and has been recovering from that the last year and a half. So maybe he has something to give. He never got a shot with the Coyotes, really not a lengthy shot, but maybe there's going to be opportunity from the Devils. And then Schnarr, I mean, I would, I would say Schnarr so who, who is won this the, trade? The, the least, but still who he won this trade? put up like a shit ton of points in the OHL last year. So If Hall signs with the Coyotes, the Coyotes win this trade by far. Uh, who won and this they trade? Give up an extra first. I think that this trade. Uh, okay, yeah. If Hall resigns, I think this trade becomes way closer. If Hall doesn't resign, obviously the Devils win. But yes, definitely. It, it all depends on what the Coyotes do in the playoffs this year. Yep, fair enough. They're, they're betting on themselves, and it's not a bad thing to do. It's not like they gave up any Arizona. You know chances. what? The city of Arizona deserves it. Like, they need the playoffs. They've been bad here. for so mm-hmm. long. They they deserve to go on a run. They need to get some. This is probably the last game. Like let's be real here with Arizona. That team is probably close to being one of the teams that might be relocated. Yep, they're and on the list. They need some. They need something good to happen in that in that state to get around the Coyotes. Like the Cardinals have been shit. The, the Suns are terrible. Like D-backs this are is bad. everyone's like, bad. Except the Coyotes, so this yep. is now the time to go for it. Like, let's rally around this team. Yep. You also and it's, got it's working so far. The the fan yep. tennis has been has been better this year. They also don't need any more picks. They are loaded. No, they're absolutely loaded, loaded in the mm-hmm. prospect pool. Like, what's not even? They're loaded. Uh, so they don't need anybody else. This was a time. So, I for as like I think this was really good trade for Coyote for the Arizona, but I also think it was a really good trade for the Devils because I don't think they're going to get much more than that. Yeah, so. it worked out for both. I, I agree. Yeah, so I don't know. I think a lot of people were unfairly ragging on the Devils for like what they got, and like Zane, I mean, was ragging on them. But I just think it's a lack of knowledge of people watching these players. And I like the first. I I do like the first. I'm not fully sold on Kevin Ball being a impact player in the NHL. If he's a I think like my like, expectation, he's like a Jake Muzzin, bro. Good. Like that's that's like what he is. Oh, he's that. Yeah, then that's huge. But that's what he is. <laughs> I'm just, telling you. All right, that's okay. huge. Like uh, that's, that's a, why they were haggling yeah, over him great, for so long, right? Yeah, that's a great. I don't uh, think Arizona wanted to give him up. Then. So uh, I will say that there. Were, I saw people talking about the salary retention when it happened. Like, oh, New Jersey shouldn't like they retain salary as well in this deal. I was like, yeah, it's a one year deal, a yeah. and they needed yeah. to make the cap work. It, like, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It makes no difference whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. The It's not – like, people are saying, oh, like, Arizona was cap-strapped. You need to take advantage of that and leverage that in the deal. Well, like, no. Like, New Jersey needs to make the trade work. Yes, so exactly. So you need yeah. to accommodate like, certain things. I, I saw, I saw like, um, like Flor- I think the other three teams that were involved were Florida, the, the Oilers, and uh, I think the Habs were brought up a little bit. Yeah, and also – there's another team. The Blues – um, but all of those teams, I think, wanted well. wanted like Hall to resign before they traded because the the things that the Devils wanted were like Owen Tippett, like Cole Caulfield, right. uh, 
like Broberg or Evan Bouchard, like these type of pieces, and you're not getting those pieces for just one or half a year. Apart. No, you have so, to have them resigned. So I think that the Devils did an extremely good job here. Like, yeah. Because once all those teams pulled out, I mean, for them to still get this haul was for haul <laughs> was it was good. But um, okay, let's go into ha, the other trade that happened ha, that was kind of noticeable. Ha, nice joke there. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so there was a three-way, three to three to. I think it was just three, three teams. Yeah, just three teams. Four. It was the Sabers, Flames, and Habs. For a leak, uh, went to the Sabers. The Flames Senators. got a fourth, and the Habs got Marco Scandella. What do you think about that? And I cut out. It, it's interesting all around. Um, you know, I, I think it worked out pretty well for. For everyone, honestly, I think it worked out pretty well for everyone. Everyone kind of got the piece they want. It, you don't see a three-way trade a lot in the uh, in the NHL, so definitely interesting. Yeah. Well, oh, it was a four-way too because uh, the Habs. It was the Sens too, right? I believe. Yes, yes, they were involved as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Sens got Mike Riley, and the Habs got a fifth-round pick as well. Uh, but the, like that That's was kind right, of a yeah. separate trade. But anyways, uh, I think a lot of people I think were ragging on the Flames in this deal, and I actually really liked the Flames' point of view from this deal. They freed up four point three million in cap. Well, that's what they needed. Is they needed yeah. to free up some space, and and yeah, yeah, maybe they didn't get the best return, but they they needed cap room, and that's what they that's what they got. Yeah, yeah. And from the Habs' point of view, I liked it too because you know what, I mean, you bring in. Uh, it's difficult in the Habs market to be like, uh, we're giving up on the season, like in, in a hockey market like that. So they bring in Scandella, who's like a no-risk player. If he plays well, we can flip him at the trade deadline for like, you know, maybe get our pick back. Or if he plays decently better, we can, we can upgrade the pick or whatever. And uh, if it if we can't, then – or we play well, like, whatever. It, it's totally no risk, and I I, I loved it. All, all they did was downgrade a fourth to a fifth with the Mike Riley deal. So um, it, it was it was whatever. How's, I, I, how's I Scandella played? I just skipped a minute here. Have you talked about how Scandella's played since joining the team? Um, he's been okay. He's been solid. I know you guys uh, have been losing, so it's kind of hard to judge when. Uh, yeah, the team we're, shit. we'll get we'll get into the Habs later. Maybe I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, next episode, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the plan for this episode too. We're gonna next episode we're gonna be talking about all of our teams. Um, so if you if you're interested in that, we can go Stay to the next episode. But, um. Yeah, I'll talk about that afterwards. Let's finish up this episode, though, uh, with uh, the two signings that happened. Two old guys. The two the two old, older gentlemen, Justin Williams and Ilya Kovalchuk. Which one do you guys want to start with first? Start with start with the Habs boy. You want to start with Kobe, all-star, 34-year-old oh, legend, boy. Kovalchuk? I want to hear what you thought initially and what you think now. I mean, it's only been three games, but has it changed at all? Uh... I thought I actually was one of the few people that liked the signing because of the same reasons I just said about Scandella. It's totally no risk. He comes in, he plays well. Guess what? We can trade him at the deadline for a free asset. Woohoo, which Bergeron loves to do. So, um, and if he comes in and plays well and, like, you know, pops off and we start getting on a roll, then maybe we can make the playoffs. But, I mean, personally, me, I'm on the tank train. So, I just want Kovalchuk to play well, us to lose, and then we can trade him at the deadline for another pick. So that's was this that's an attempt to like kind of try and salvage the season? Or no, was this just I don't, I don't uh, think so. Bringing an asset to trade him away later. 
we needed warm bodies. Like we're missing Gallagher, we're missing Duran, we're missing Amia, we're missing Byron. Like I think there's like seven or eight guys on our AHL team that are hurt right now. Like we we literally can't call anybody else up. So like we just needed a body. <laughs> that that's that's what it was. Um, we're Fair missing enough, I guess. whatever. If he's like, not we're missing defense, arguably our, guy arguably our two best players are missing. Right? We're missing Duran and we're missing Gallagher. Those are arguably our two guys, best players. Seems like you guys kept throwing him out there because he played like twenty minutes. Kovalchuk, he's, yeah, he's he played well. There. Yeah, played well. That's probably the he's, most I think he's, he's got, played. I think he's got three points time. in two games. So that's, that's, that's yeah, a good sign nine, for him. nineteen minutes and twenty-one minutes, and that's the most time he's played on this list of game walks that I have for him. So mm-hmm. that's uh, had a sick pass uh, last night. Way. No um, goals yet. What about so. Williams? You want to feel like, what he wants to? He wants to talk about Justin Williams. He pulled the Mike Fisher. He did pull Mike Fisher. Is that good a, move? Good move, that, I think. Yeah, why not? You're old. You know that Carolina is going back to the, the playoffs next year. Like, just skip training break. camp, skip half the year, chill, yeah, and then come back and essentially win a cup. See, is he waiting to see where the team is at before signing a deal? But all right, you no, guys do I all think, the hard work. I think he was just get us into a good spot, and I'll come in here and uh, help. Exactly. <laughs> He's, I'm 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 old. I've done it before. I don't need to do it again. You guys do the work for me, and then I'll come in and help you guys get yeah, to the exactly. promised land. That, I, that's now they are was. only two points up of a playoff spot, and yeah, yeah. But I, I think uh, if I think in the East, there's kind of now starting to be a gap where it's like I think it's just there's kind of one team in the East now fighting for that. It's kind of like Philly, uh, Carolina, Philly, and, Columbus, um, Florida, and I think Carolina. You yeah, probably mix them Columbus, in well. Florida. Yeah. So so those Carolina, Philadelphia, Columbus. And Florida are kind of the teams fighting for uh, a playoff spot there, and then the, it, there's kind of a gap, right? So yeah, poor um, Buffalo. I, I I would expect to see Columbus kind of fall off a little bit, although I did predict that they would be closer than when you guys thought they would be, which they are. Um, they they hundred percent are, and I'm yeah, very thankful well. for that. Having three fantasy guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. from, from uh, I'm a little surprised if Florida has fallen off, but I think that that is just because of their goaltending. Um, so once, I mean, if Bob can figure it out, I don't see why not. They should be a playoff team with that top line. And well, they got uh, Chris Drieger yeah. now. They don't. They don't need Bob. Yeah, Drieger's played pretty yeah, great. great. Um, but. Actually, before we before we kind of end the episode, I did want to bring up a point to you guys about uh, there was something I did want to talk about with Carolina here and the Justin Williams thing. Um, beforehand this season, we were talking about um, potential how to upgrade the Hurricanes now that we're getting closer to the trade deadline, and uh, we were talking about goaltending, right? Um, you can't you can't upgrade the goaltending at this point. Well. Do you You're think that 10 million bucks, a team so. like, hold on, do you think a team like Pittsburgh would be willing to shed a guy like, now that they have these two guys, Jari and Murray, they're going to have to re-sign Murray at the end of the year. Do you think a Murray is the kind of guy that Carolina could pry from Pittsburgh? I mean, Jari's going to the All-Star game. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at Florida. I was like spending 10 million bucks on your goaltending. Like, how are you going to upgrade that? But yeah, Carolina makes a little bit more sense, but it's not like their two goalies have been awful. Yeah, but I think Murray is a big upgrade over Mrazek, no? Uh, what do you guys depends, think about that? Depends what Murray you get. 
That's true. There's another another team I thought too was uh, maybe you could try to get Lundqvist out of New York. That's Carolina. not gonna happen. I don't think though. He's not. Gonna yeah, they got Shestroken up now. They got Georgiev. I think even I think even Georgiev is a guy that maybe they could go after. Well, but I don't I, see I, my point is, I think that I would watch Carolina here in the next couple weeks. So I think they're gonna make a move to try to upgrade their team. Now they've got Williams. I think there's another move coming from them. Yeah, they got the assets to do it. So uh, they do. That they do. I think that right. they'll yeah, make a move and then them maybe take improve up. their bottom six is probably like they they need a little bit more depth scoring from their yeah. guys. Like they have Svech, Terravine, and Aho. That's great. Their second yeah. line's been okay with like Zingle, Nichas, those guys. And like Hala, if he's if he's playing, he's been fine. But like a Jordan Stahl still like playing on the third line and not really doing much and playing a lot of minutes as well because he's getting power play time. Like they they're their third and fourth lines just they're not there yet. They're not cup contender. They're not St. Louis level cup contender levels yet. And I think that's just what they're missing is just getting the right pieces in place in the bottom six. Now if they if they go Edmonton style and get penalty killers and guys keep the puck out of their net, that might help the goaltending. Yep. Because they have yep. a they have a spread out top six and not just two players in their top six. So that might actually really help them in just going after some penalty killers. Trade. I actually don't know where. Trade. What's their what's their special teams at? Let's uh um, let's take a look here. Let me look. I got it right here. It's twenty three point four percent on the power play and eighty one point eight percent on the penalty. Pretty kill. good. 81's, yeah, 81's decent, but, yeah, maybe those are, it is. Those the are playoff numbers, numbers, for sure. Those are playoff numbers. They they are. All right. They're 7th and 10th, respectively, so, yeah, that's, Pretty yeah, maybe it is the goal thing, I guess. Yep. They kind of just well, seem, like, middle of the pack in terms of playoff-wise, but, you know, it's not just about who's got the best regular season, it's who gets hot in the playoffs. That's all, yep. that's really about what it is, so. You know, Absolutely. as long as they're in there, they it can happen for them. Well, with that being said, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for today, our first episode back here. Uh, we're going to be doing another episode, I think, is the plan right after this. So hopefully, if you're listening to this, uh, maybe within a day or two, there will be another episode that comes out. Um, on it, will be we're going to talk about uh, maybe some all-star game stuff and then dive into... Our three teams, respectively, uh, and what you know, we think their plans are moving forward. What what their situations is, are like right now, and just kind of try to you know go over kind of an overview of our own team. So that's going to be the Habs, Canucks, and Oilers. So if you're interested in any of that, hop over to the next episode when it comes out. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Give us a follow at Hockey Heaven Pod uh, on Twitter there, um, and we appreciate all the support you guys give us. Uh, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks.